The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. This morning, we are focusing on the city of Murfreesboro. And our phone number is 615-893-1450. We have the Murfreesboro City Manager, Craig Tyndall, with us this morning. Craig, good morning to you. Good morning. Great to have you with us on this beautiful day. A little bit cooler today. Yeah, good, At least good you to be started here. with a little cooler. I don't know what the rest of the day is going to end up with. But. Yeah. Yeah, we've had uh, a couple of really nice days. Let's oh, hope, hopefully we stick in there. I tell you, this is, and it felt uh, almost like springish this morning when right. I got up. Right. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So, uh, our phone number, by the way, to join us in conversation, is six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. And again, uh, we mentioned earlier these are questions dealing with Murfreesboro. So, if you would uh, focus on Murfreesboro, and we also <laughs> take text questions. Uh, Those are easy to send to us, and the number to call to text uh, the questions in is 615-893-1450, 615-893-1450. We have a question to start off with asking about public housing in Murfreesboro. Uh, They say that uh, we don't seem to have enough public housing uh, and and just uh, wanted to sort of get a feel for what is available, uh, if you would share that. Well, I'll, I'll share what I can. Uh, the the city really doesn't handle public housing. The Murfreesboro Housing Authority uh, is really the entity that's vested statutorily in how we handle uh, public housing in in Murfreesboro. They're they're a separate entity. Um, the the city appoints. I believe appoints uh, individuals to their board of directors along with the county, uh, and uh, that's that's really who takes care of public housing. Now that they are uh, uh, doing a lot of things right now, and Thomas Rowe, who heads up that organization, does a really good job. Um, and he, they're building um, a new neighborhood, as as people probably know. Um, I forget the streets where it is. It's a downtown area, you know, sort of behind Oakland, across the creek from Oakland. There uh, is a new neighborhood they're building, and they're looking at another one uh, that they're going to um, rehabilitate and improve off of uh, Martin Luther King Boulevard in that area. Well, that's some really nice homes that they're building. I know I've seen the one behind Oakland's mansion, and it is, it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, they have a, they have a, a new model. They've they put a lot into planning. They work closely with the city on a lot of different aspects of that community. Uh, and like I said, Thomas does does a very good job, and, and they're, uh, they put a lot of effort into that, so it is coming along very now, well. Now, are people renting those, or do you have a chance to buy them, or how does that work? Um, not exactly sure of all the, the aspects of it. I don't believe that they're for sale. I believe that they are subsidized housing, uh, so you, you have to rent them in there, and um, a lot of guidelines that go along with that. Uh, we worked with them very closely um, in designing with our with uh, the police department designing security aspects of of that community. So a lot of effort went into that to think forward. It, it's uh, from a public housing standpoint, it's a very new model, 
uh, and I, one that I think is, is quite different than what people envision public housing to be before. I th- you brought up something there that I don't think most people know about, and that is, uh, and I'd never even thought about it till you said it, about uh, bringing in aspects of security mm-hmm. when you're building a subdivision. Uh, so there are things that people need to think about and plan for. So uh, tell us about that, and are those also being put into other new communities that are created here in Murfreesboro? Well, one of the interesting things about security is you don't talk a lot about it, um, <laughs> a lot about the <laughs> but details it of it. But makes people feel good about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. Um, for, for, for this neighborhood, we did put a lot of effort in it. The, the newer neighborhoods, uh, uh, generally not so much, although our, our police department uh, is, is more than – um, happy to to talk about different aspects of security and how how those what the, what they see and what they believe would work uh, with any type of of uh, neighborhood. One of the things that we did uh, we had an initiative on um, safe housing in the apartment complexes, particularly around the university, uh, and really um, uh, had an entire program with a lot of uh, good suggestions that the apartment complexes could could follow some of those had costs involved uh it wasn't overwhelming we didn't get a lot of participation from the apartment complex we were very disappointed in in that aspect of it uh so we didn't um uh, we, we we continue to be available to them as a resource uh, we'd like to work much much closer with the university and the university housing uh to to improve security um, or quite frankly, we'd like to see a lot more on-campus housing at, at MTSU that would uh, do a lot towards um, making sure that students remain safe in the in the housing that we have here in our community. When I went to MTSU, and that was a long time ago, <laughs> there were mostly on-campus uh, housing projects. Uh, but there was very little off-campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that was off-campus was... Uh, People renting bedrooms and some houses for rent, things of that sort. But most of it they encouraged on campus. Uh, somewhere along the line that changed. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm not sure the school wants to get that involved uh, in on-campus housing, do they? They, they haven't. Uh, there's no reason uh, that we know of that they, that they couldn't. Um, and I think there was, there's a lot of reasons that they should. Uh, we've talked a lot about... Um, what we could do to assist in that in that area um, there are companies out there that are just in the business of assisting universities and in, in doing on-campus housing financially and, and otherwise um, there's there's lots of benefits to the community if if it, if they were to take on uh, that uh, initiative to put a lot more on-campus housing and I think it would do a lot for the university from a, from an on-campus cultural standpoint which is missing at MTSU as you walk through it um, to their athletic department or if they had an on-campus on-campus culture that it would really booster their attendance at games and and the athletic department and what what you see out there has there been and and you're in in with the knowing crowd I've, no, <laughs> I've noticed that uh, I, I find often that I'm not but <laughs> <laughs> there are in other communities especially up in the New England states the universities are funding a lot of their expenses by having uh, shopping centers and things of that sort uh, on campus where the community and the students all take advantage of this, and then they rent the spaces 
and uh, get uh, a good amount of money to fund the university. Uh, have you seen that successful in other places? Oh, yeah, I have. Uh, for a university our size, the economic development that's around that university is, is very slight. Uh, it was unusual. When I first came here, I, I was surprised about the lack of economic development that occurs around the campus. And it really has to do with the fact that there isn't an on-campus housing um, element in there that would that would attract that type of development on there. But a lot of universities you go to, particularly universities the size of MTSU, you'll see quite a bit of, of development around the university, particularly retail and, and uh, the service industries that, that students would support. Um, but you don't find that. Uh, around MTSU, and, and the reason is that there aren't the the students are dispersed. They they go off to apartment complexes, uh, and there's there's no centralized, really core dense population that the um, that the retailers would want to serve. Uh, so that you know that that's limiting of on the development over there that we'd welcome, and we've talked to the university about being uh, available to assist them with planning that out and uh, and looking at it but we continue to to raise that issue and i guess this one sort of goes along with that this is a question that came in uh dealing with crime uh they are noticing that uh, they said it seems that we're seeing an increase in crime here in our area especially in the areas of shootings shoplifting theft and robbery uh has the city been able to track increases in those areas and what can be done to make it a safer community? We, we track very closely uh, all aspects of, of that type of activity. We have uh, data analysts in the police department. Uh, there's a lot of data-driven um, input that we take during budget time and in planning and, and developing the different aspects of how we do policing in the community. A lot of what we're seeing right now, I think, there is culturally across this country uh, an issue with um, um, criminal activity and lawlessness. And some of that uh, is showing up in our community uh, to a surprising degree. Um, you, you'll see, you can see on TV different communities, different states, who've chosen not to um, uh, take on lawlessness directly. Um, you know, the message I would have here is we're not one of those. We will take it on. And so what you see on the news with people doing things in retail shops and running in and uh that's that you know if 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 a certain community a city a state doesn't want to prosecute those um we will hear and we will go after those so there should be no mistake that somebody coming from that ass that area or seeing that on television that's not that's not murfreesboro in fact that's not tennessee we don't have those kind of uh, leeway with lawlessness like that but uh, so has there been an increase in criminal activity? We're, we're still an extremely safe uh, community. Um, we don't see anywhere near the type of crimes that um, that you see in a lot of different cities, even cities our size. But um, but we do have some elements that um, that we're watching very closely that are that uh, have some increasing um, concern, and so we're we're addressing those head on. I'm glad you mentioned what you did a moment ago about we don't accept that here in this community. And I think some for people who are new to town and haven't seen the changes that are being made, 
uh, one of the, the biggest things that's really noticeable is the improvements uh, that continue to be made in our police department. Mm-hmm. We've always had a great police department, but, uh, I mean, you've gone the extra mile to create a new police headquarters that enables the officers to have every tool almost that they need to, um, to, to solve crimes and, and to, to keep crimes uh, at a low and keep the criminals, uh, let them know they're not welcome here. Right. Well, well, law enforcement, public safety, law enforcement, fire is the core um, uh, duty of the city. And so we take that very seriously, both aspects of those, and have put a lot of effort into making sure that they do have uh, all that they need to be able to um, to manage uh, the situations that they face, which are very difficult at times. Um, we do have a new police headquarters, as you said. It's, uh, it's a few years old now, but it's still state-of-the-art, and we have a lot of different things in there from a training training aspect that uh, a lot of people don't know about, uh, which is fine, um, but that we do utilize quite heavily to help uh, our officers get up to speed. We're, we're building a new, uh, actually we're not building it, it's remodeling a, an existing building, but for our fire headquarters um, so that they can um, uh, have a new facility where they're at. The building that they're in is long past its useful life and uh, and needs to uh, their environment needs to change, so we'll, we'll do that. We have a new fire chief, Mark McCluskey, who, uh, who is a, um, let me get the number wrong, but I think he's about a 38, 39-year veteran of, of uh, Murfreesboro Fire and Rescue. And so he's uh, very well thought of, has an excellent reputation, has done a really good job in his interim position for quite a while. Of course, Mike Bowen, as the police chief, has, has done uh, a great job for quite some time and is, uh, has, has a long history as well with um, – uh, with the police department, so yeah, core values. Uh, one of the one of the biggest difficulties we face now, and this is nationwide as well, is uh, recruiting police officers. And so uh, we're making a lot of effort in that. We're we're actually looking at public safety right now to to make some adjustments because the states the state has made some adjustment on their uh, law enforcement side that we'll, we need to keep pace with. Um, so we're looking at at that right now from a budgetary standpoint. Um, and that probably you'll hear about here in the near future. Uh, but uh, we we are actively and strongly recruiting uh, for law enforcement officers. We compete with a lot of different communities, including the state, uh, to to do that. Um, and it's it's a difficult it's been a difficult thing for the last three or four years, uh, particularly with almost all communities across the country. We have a question that sort of fits in with that topic. Uh, is dealing with the Doug Young uh, facility over on, uh, I guess it was off of Main Street, Bridge, uh, at Bridge Avenue. Right. Uh, tell us how that's going, because there was conversation at one point about uh, putting the fire department's uh, facility there and also expanding the facilities there for other training purposes. Right. Uh, well, we continue to look at, at uh, what we need out there to make sure that training is top-notch. There's a, There's... Uh, quite a bit out there that we have right now. Uh, it's it's highly used, um, and uh, there's a couple of things that we we do want to do from a training aspect over there. Uh, headquarters. We we looked at we did look at putting uh, fire administration um, their their management out there in a building, uh, but after looking at the costs of building new out there in in a very tight area for what they needed, um, we found uh, a piece of property uh or we're not a piece of property it's a building so it's not a piece it's an entire thing a building that made made sense to uh uh, 
uh, for the city to invest in for two departments actually um, and so our parks our parks department is going to move out of a building that's uh, probably never should have been an office building it's a, it's a house uh, it was converted to an office building but it's it's uh, again long past its useful life uh, so we'll have a building that'll house two of the city departments um, it was in very good condition and uh, could be remodeled cost effectively for for them to go there as opposed to building new out at Doug Young's this is the uh, Swanson building I believe over mm-hmm. on Thompson Lane you're right. talking about yes um uh, I think it had just recently been pretty much redone. Um, it, well, <laughs> unfortunately, it got redone on the upstairs uh, oh, okay. in the tornado. Just, yeah, that's right. Um, and and that was that was a bit unfortunate. So the the second story uh, was repaired and reframed, but it was uh, it hadn't been. Uh, no one had occupied. It, no, basically. no one had occupied it. It hadn't been finished. Uh, so, which gives us an opportunity then to go in and finish it any way we want. So you're not actually remodeling something, but actually building something out, which is always less expensive. Uh, and so you're d- actually building on to that. Well, we're just completing the upstairs. Oh, okay. So the upstairs was just framed. So no, okay. no sheetrock, just had studs, and um, uh, which uh, big open areas, which we can enclose the way we need to enclose them without having to tear anything out and tear it down and... Uh, wire it and put the HVAC and things like that in there again in a cost-effective manner. We're, we're not taking old stuff out and putting new stuff in, so that was an advantage to that building. Uh, the downstairs was in very good shape; uh, didn't need a lot of changes. Um, what was down there? Uh, it wasn't. Um, uh, it was offices, so you know we needed it for offices, so it worked out pretty well. Yeah. And one thing, just as an observation, if you look at the Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation Department as well as Murfreesboro Fire and Rescue, both of those use the Greenway, uh, the fire and rescue for rescue efforts along the Greenway and with the river. And, of course, Parks and Recreation is in charge of the Greenway. They both are right there on the Greenway. They are on the Greenway. The the property uh, abuts the Greenway Trail that goes behind it. And we've told... Uh, jokingly, we've told Parks that we're not buying them any more vehicles. We'll just buy them golf carts so they can go up and down the Greenway. We don't have to worry about it. But uh, not really practical. But that's uh, it is convenient to have them there. So that means you're getting into more electric vehicles with <laughs> yeah, the city might. there. Oh, our phone number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. Here's a person who's uh, concerned with noise control. In the community, they said that uh, everywhere they go, when they go up to, uh, go up to a stoplight, uh, there's a bass sound that they keep hearing in the car next to them. <laughs> Can't that be corrected? <laughs> well, there is a noise ordinance uh, that we have, and um, over the last few months, we've uh, determined that it is, is necessary for our officers to really start to enforce that. And it has less to do with the... Uh, the, the noise coming from inside the car, uh, which, you know, the biggest concern should be the effect on the hearing of those individuals because the long-term effects of what they're putting into their ear is just pretty detrimental. Um, somebody should explain that, I think, a lot more readily to them. But uh, so officers are, are going to take a look at that. And a lot of it has to do with um, uh, the vehicles and the noise that they produce outside. So when, when the state dropped uh, the emission control, um, 
one of the th- one of the effects is that as some individuals feel that they can now modify their exhaust systems, and uh, they've gotten a lot louder, and that's uh, that's become an issue. That does fall under our noise ordinance, and um, and so we're we're actively looking for those. So those that those individuals that put money into modifying their vehicles because they think that it's good to have them very loud, which I don't understand at all, but some individuals think that that's a good idea, uh, they might find it's a lot more expensive than the, the money they put in there to modify their vehicles. So what do they get, a fine as well as uh, having to repair it? They'll get a fine. Um, they, they they should repair if they want to avoid additional fines. Um, that's that's kind of the route that, that we'll have to take. Um, I think what the state probably needs to do, although they've dropped emissions, testing and and i understand why they did that and it does make quite a bit of sense they might want to go back to mod to state law as far as modification of exhaust systems on vehicles good morning you're on wgns with our murfreesboro city manager craig tyndall how are you doing today well i'm going to ask the question about the uh widening of the medical center parkway over there as a mistake to start with, uh, just like the bridge over Broad, the mayor Bragg helped it up two or three years, probably cost twenty more million dollars than it should have had. But would he like to speculate how much that's going to cost us to get that widened? Widening Medical and Center Parkway. Okay. Right. I'd like to just kind of know how much taxpayers' money it's going to cost for a mistake. I wouldn't have to be a traffic engineer to figure that out. And you got all those intersections up there, like where Lowe's is, where the all the traffic comes out right at the red light. My granddaughter could have done a better job of uh, engineering a deal like that. And right there where the Northern Tools store is, I don't know why they just don't put a road right straight across right there and block that road off up at Red Lobster where you can't get out of it. Right. Now, right you're you're talking about two different roads, too. <laughs> you're talking about Old Fort Parkway as well as Medical Center. Uh, yeah. Okay. But, Let, uh, let's, let's, before, we, before we jump into too much, uh, let's look at uh, Old Fort Parkway first. Yeah. Well, okay. Old, Fort, Old Fort Parkway is a state highway. Uh, and so it's part of the state system. And, and we are, uh, there is a project right now to widen um, Old Fort Parkway as it, as it, comes to the interchange of I-24. Uh, a lot of that is state-funded, so we'll get TDOT money to uh, assist with that. As far as the uh, access roads, um, yeah, personally, I have a hard time disagreeing with what he's saying. <laughs> the design of that probably is not optimal now. One of the difficulties we have is is uh, the ability to access state highways just by putting uh, driveways in. There's, there is a, there's um, flood control drainage that that abuts that land that separates Old Fort from uh, the roadway he's talking that leads back to the retail stores. And so there's some difficulty in, in um, or some cost, I shouldn't say it's difficulty. You can do anything as long as you spend the money for it. Uh, some cost in bridging that because that can't, be, uh, that can't be affected. There's a lot of flood control that goes through there. So those are the two aspects on Old Fort uh, as far now, as on, on one thing that he mentioned, we can maybe focus on that in just a second. He was talking about the road, and I don't know the name of the road that would go yeah. uh, right out across Old Fort, and then you could continue it directly across. There's already one entrance uh, and a stop sign, mm-hmm. stop light, 
uh, from the from the shopping mall right. that would take it on in to uh, to the one across the street. Would that be a difficult job? Um, again, we have to go back and work with TDOT on anything we do on oh, okay. on state highways. So that that's a that's a long process. We've we've approached TDOT with several different. Uh, plans on that that highway that the traffic count on there is is pretty high uh, particularly a couple different times of the day is so, that good or bad uh well it's what you intend to it's you have to catch up sometimes uh okay. it would be great if you could build roads um really really big in anticipation of what they're going to be used it's not a real cost effective way to do it uh so you know you you watch the traffic and try and catch it and, and improve the roads so that you're you're spending a limited amount of dollars, which on on, on an unlimited demand of roads that right. need to be improved. So, so there's always that tension there that that takes takes quite a bit of thought. Uh, and then when you put a state agency in there to work with, and their priorities it becomes a little different. Tdot's been very good for us. Um, anything we've approached them on uh, as far as that access and everything else. Uh, is secondary then to their uh, development of, of uh, New Salem and um, their work on, on that roadway. So that has to come first and be completed. Uh, it's underway, and then we can go back and look at other aspects of Old Fort. Okay, so, sir, does that help you out on, on that particular roadway? Well, yeah, except for one thing there, where you're widening uh, the road from Heritage Dairies over to Old Fort Parkway from now one that's, lane. That's to another totally different road. The state's doing it. Well, I know what I'm saying is the only difference is going to be where it's solid from uh, Heritage Dairies to Old Fort Parkway with one lane. It's going to be two or three lanes solid traffic. Okay, now that's oh, going to be Heritage, the only difference. That's Salem. That's Salem Highway. That's, I believe. I know that's so. going to be the only difference. You're yeah. going to have three lanes of solid traffic rather than one lane. Right. It seems okay. like uh, there's a lot of traffic going out that way in the afternoon. Okay, but back you, to this thing about the uh, road in front of the hospital. I was just wondering uh, how many meters it's going to cost us to get that widened. Okay, what about Medical Center Parkway now? Medical Center Parkway, that is, that's a state road, or not a state road, that's a city road. So we don't have to work with TDOT on that, so we get a little more freedom on, on timing-wise when we when we uh, widen that medical center parkway was always constructed with the idea that it'd be expanded i mean if people don't notice a lot and no reason they should but if you if you drive down medical center parkway and look at where the traffic signal arms begin they begin far off the roadway and and they do that because there's always anticipated another lane would be needed there to to put in so it was designed actually to be expanded and what we found now um is this is the time. It, it needs to it needs to be expanded. Phase one is down towards I-24, where things get very backed up in the afternoon and um, sometimes in the morning on the other side. But um, uh, so that that will um, start phase one and phase two, kind of the intermediate part in front of the the medical center, and then phase three on Broad, uh, where it connects with Broad Street. We may go to phase three before we do phase two, and there's there's several reasons for that but uh as far as the cost of it uh i don't have that but it's been planned for quite some time and you know we use uh, money that that uh, is generally borrowed um we have some funding that's now coming from the community investment trust that was set up uh it resulted from the sale of the electric department that's helping fund roadways as well um 
but I don't have the exact cost for that uh, in my head. Uh, somebody does at the city. We know before we start the project. Uh, fortunately, some of the costs have come down from when we started that with just so the commodity So we're starting costs. to see prices go down now. Some of the construction prices have settled back down. It, it's a normal thing to have prices run up and then come back down. Uh, and so when we plan for something, we try and anticipate as much as what's going to happen. It's commodity pricing is what we're buying. And so that's difficult because it does change so much. And when you have the need, if you start a roadway and you have a need for materials to go into the roadway, you have to have those materials. Otherwise, things shut down and people can't go. Um, so uh, it's it's somewhat difficult, but we have an excellent engineering department that really watches and takes care of how, how we go about those projects. Okay, so uh, Medical Center Parkway is a city-owned road. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get uh, state approval, which sadly means you don't also get state money right but uh you can approve your own budget yeah we can we can approve our own budget and you know and and i want to say again tdot's been good for murfreesboro they have worked well with murfreesboro our our transportation people our engineering people work very well with tdot and i don't want to disparage them but like any other state agency or sometimes city city agency it does take time to do planning you know roadways we talk in period we talk in periods of five and ten years you know eight eight years is not unusual when we do planning on roadways it's just that it takes that long so sir it so, sounds like uh, you got some good answers there so uh none of the utilities will have to be dug up are they far enough away from the road you won't have to move all those for medical center yes saying? okay but you'll have to take fly up the sidewalks and dig up all the trees that's been planted now, generally, so generally, move the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. Some of the sidewalks <clears throat> we would have to. Uh, th- those, of course, you know, there's a rotational basis to repairing sidewalks that that um, change over time. Anyway, uh, landscaping. We were cautious to have landscaping that was put in there. Um, back away from it as far as. Um, the uh, private landscaping, or landscaping on the private property, we try to start that, at least the the most expensive part of that, back away from the roadway. Um, our design on on widening the roadways tries to minimize use uh, impacting the uh, the median where there's a lot of vegetation in there. Uh, we're trying not to impact that as much as possible. There'll always be something that you know a new design or um, a new requirement will require some work, but generally speaking. Utilities were planned uh, ahead of time so that they're back off the roadways, at least the major part of it. And um, there's some minor parts from reclaimed water and um, and how those water the vegetation and stuff that will have to move. But that's not a major that's not a major issue. And I guess really one thing that has been in the news quite a bit lately uh, and would apply here probably is impact fees. We've heard Mm -hmm. uh, mainly from the county they're wishing that they had impact fees, uh, whereas uh, if if apartments or buildings are being put in areas, the person who is developing that area would pay for a lot of the development through impact fees. Uh, Would that be the case here, as uh, we're talking about up and down Medical Center Parkway in particular? Those are developments are the developers paying for impact fees of widening roads? Impact fees uh, accumulate over time. So um, when new development comes in and they'll pay an impact fees, those are accumulated. So when you do a, when you do a project, 
Um, you look at the available funding that you have, which could include debt, include, could include impact fees, and it could include the money that the city has set aside uh, to do other capital improvement projects. So impact fees will have a, uh, a benefit to, to roadways. It may not have a direct benefit to the roadway. You know, if, if, if someone pays an impact fee, uh, it may or may not impact that roadway directly in front of them because, as I said, it takes a while to accumulate. Uh, the, the cost of just doing a mile of roadway is, is pretty substantial. I don't think people realize what it costs to, to build a roadway, but it, it's pretty substantial. So one one or two buildings will not fund the roadway in front of that building necessarily. Uh, but on a cumulative basis, as other developments go in, it, it can. It can have a, a substantial substantial benefit to it. So it's 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 complicated formula but impact fees definitely definitely do help our phone number is 615-893-1450 thank you for your call by the way uh we have time for more calls we've got a whole bunch of uh, new questions that have come in text wise we're going to pause for just a moment and we'll be back and continue the conversation murfreesboro city manager craig tyndall is our guest Hi, this is Peter Demas. Join our family at Demas's Restaurant. So many people buy so many different things. You know, I go out to eat and I like eating steak, where my wife will end up getting our salmon. Our salmon is cut fresh, so she loves our salmon. It's one of those places that you can go, you can get pastas or chicken, you know, the kids love it. Get what you want at Demas's Restaurant and not be limited just to one or two items. Join our family at Demas's Restaurant. 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, and our hand-fed baby bird nursery is starting to fill up. If you are looking for your next sweet feathered companion, come in and see us. Find your next pre-loved, pre-spoiled pet here at Animal City. Be sure to check out our downstairs level. Here at Animal City, we would like to thank Murfreesboro for letting us be your family-owned and operated pet store for 33 years. Animal City is located at 919 Northwest Broad Street. We're at Adams Place talking with Lee Davenport. I have a sister-in-law that's here, and her daughters come to see me, and they said, Aunt Lee, why are you at Adams Place? I said, well, it's a good place to be. We're blessed to have Adams Place. Hi, this is Terry Deal at Adams Place. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Learn to make money five ways with rental real estate. Double your money with apartments and get your map to financial freedom. And that map starts with a free workshop. Sign up now at lifestylesunlimited.com. Click on the Join Free Workshop tab and attend online or in person. That's lifestylesunlimited.com. Lifestylesunlimited.com. Again, that's lifestylesunlimited.com. Limited seating, unlimited potential. Hey, it's Scott. When it comes to health, there are numbers that every man needs to know, including our very own testosterone numbers. I recommend going to Low T Center where they make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only 25 bucks. You walk in, take a simple blood test, and with their on-site lab, you'll know your results in about 25 minutes. Low testosterone levels can make you feel tired, grumpy, cause lack of motivation, and drive. It can also raise your cholesterol, cause weight gain, and loss of muscle mass. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. 
If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Good morning. Still a little bit heavy on 840 Westbound at Arno Road there in Williamson County. Uh, they're trying to clear an accident. It did slow down that traffic coming from Rutherford County into Williamson on 840 going westbound. Again, near Highway 41 Arno Road. Traffic's looking a little bit better than it was 10, 15 minutes ago on Vietnam Vets coming through Hendersonville going westbound from that earlier collision. Still a lot of traffic in from Wilson County, especially I-40 westbound through the Mount Juliet area. Prince's Hot Chicken is catering. Log on to princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We'll see sunny skies here for this afternoon with a high in the low 90s. Winds out of the southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy alone near 72. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 65. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. This is Rutherford County's Blue Raider Station. FM 100.5 and 101.9 AM 1450. WGNS Murfreesboro. Welcome back. We are focusing on the city of Murfreesboro this morning, finding out what you're concerned with. And Murfreesboro City Manager Craig Tindall is with us. We have about 10 more minutes. And a word to the wise, if you have a question, get it in quickly. You'll blink twice and the show will be over. 615-893-1450. We're encouraging, at this point, uh, text messages because I think we can answer those a little more quickly. Uh, you were talking a little while ago about how TDOT helps us. Uh, the person's wanting to see if TDOT's helping us on getting that uh, connection road from Cherry Lane over to 840. How's progress on that one? Progress is actually going pretty well. This kind of goes back to what I talked about, how long it takes once you start talking about a roadway before it becomes an actual roadway, particularly if you're out uh, and, and developing a brand-new roadway that's going to connect with an interchange off an interstate highway. Um, now you've got a couple layers. you got the feds and you have TDOT uh, involved on that. But uh, it's, going, it's going well. TDOT's extremely cooperative with that. I think they understand that it's, it's a big need for the community uh, as we grow in, the, in that direction. Um, and it will help with other transportation up through their uh, memorial or 431. To, uh, is it? 231 of 231 231 mm-hmm. right uh, as it goes up through there is um, it gets pretty busy now with the development and uh, some of that will will help uh, alleviate having to come all the way into the city before you can go go to the west uh, but it's going well and, and as quickly as possible so do you think we'll see that interstate connection uh, in the next six months, a year, two years, <laughs> uh, any idea? Well, it'll, it'll it won't be in the in a number of months. Uh, oh, okay. It'll be more in a number of years. Uh, it, it's it's complicated. I don't I don't have an exact date on that. Uh, we do have plans 
on the exact date on that, but some of it's it's really going to depend on DDOT funding. I, I, I think uh, this person had a footnote on theirs, uh, is that uh, this would also alleviate, they think it would alleviate, some of the traffic issues on Thompson Lane, mm-hmm. which uh, they foresee as a major correction because uh, you have to build uh, the widening of that bridge over the Stones River, uh, which I think even if we're not engineers, it does look like a big job. It is a big job. Again, state highway. Uh, <laughs> Thompson Lane is a state highway. Um, and so they, there are plans to begin that over the next uh, few years. That might be more in, in the measure of some months, more than 12, but really? uh, okay. some months when they, they, they start on the next two, three, certainly within five years to get Thompson Lane dressed. Now, we couldn't leave a show like this without bringing this up because I knew somebody would ask a question about what uh, is lovingly called Mount Trashmore, <laughs> the Middle Point landfill. Right. Uh, what uh, What's happening there? Is it still, obviously, it's still a concern of the public or we wouldn't have this text question about it. Right, right. Well, um, handling solid waste in, in our in our communities is a, is a complicated a complicated consideration and so we are actively working with some alternatives because the landfill is scheduled to close here uh in some period of time and it and it we don't know the exact period of time but it's relatively short it's short enough where if we are going to put a, a viable alternative in place we need to start right now uh we may needed to start a little bit earlier but uh so we don't have an exact date of closure republic hasn't given us the exact date of closure uh, to be fair, it's dependent on some circum- some factors that they don't completely control, uh, but um, but they have some idea of, of when it's going to close, and they've shared that with us. And so we're actively working right now, and the county I know as well is actively working to come up with alternatives for when uh, that landfill does uh, eventually close. But will the BFI people continue to be in control of what's happening out there? Will they still be... Uh, the ones charged with keeping it safe for the community, yeah, even right. after it closes. They, they do have a uh, responsibility to continue to manage that uh, landfill even after it closes. Um, uh, they, it, landfills are, are interesting creatures, um, and, and our landfill in Middle Point is, is one of those. It's, it's, it's run by an extremely large solid waste company, Republic um, Services. Yeah, but it's it's actually a single asset entity, which means it just has middle point in it, and that's the BFI that you mentioned is their single asset entity, which relates back to the where the, who they bought it from. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, whether Republic wants to continue its commitment and and run that landfill out, um, which it should, uh, or if it does something else with this small asset entity and then turn it over to the state to run out remains to be seen. We'll have to see. Here's a question from a listener who says that uh, they're concerned about some of the improvements that are proposed for the downtown area. They said all that we've seen so far is public parking going away, that uh, the public parking lot over where the Methodist church is that the city owned has closed. And now the city has closed the other public parking lot by NHC. Uh, And in doing that, uh, another one of the downtown developments has opened a parking lot that they charge to park at. Uh, This is bad on business. This person says, I own a business off the square, 
and uh, it's causing us to have fewer customers because they're all having to pay or there are no parking spaces available. What can be done about that? Yeah, parking changes over the day. Uh, it's, to, it's availability, so uh, sometimes it is it is tight, particularly when there are events. The, the city's parking lot, which is across from where we are right now, um, would be available for opening at at events it's closed during the day um so for uh uncle dave may or not uncle dave but uh, jazz friday, Fest night, or live friday night yeah it, it then the the gates would be open and people people should be able to park there um private uh property we don't control parking on that uh as to whether it's charged or not and it is charged that's the the b of a parking lot right now um um the what was the other parking lot they mentioned? They, we are working. The one that the Methodist right. Church was a public right. parking lot. There was a there was a small city part of that that is part of that development that uh, we are addressing um, very vigorously right now as far as that development and the status of it. That was the developer going to build <clears throat> that, wasn't he? Uh, going to build a parking. It would have had a parking structure in there that was that would have been have public parking in it. Probably right. would have been charged public parking and that's that's one of the things is is, is there we, still a developer there uh there is still a developer there we're, we're talking to them now about it um their timelines and in in getting that development going um or or making some kind of change over there so that we're as a matter of fact uh, we'll talk about that thursday at our workshop uh at the airport uh, will be some discussion about the status of that project um but we we understand parking um par- parking parking is and this is goes back to being a national issue parking in any kind of urban area is costly it's expensive um not just in building the parking and having it there but in what it replaces because it's re- it's replacing a a more productive type of building when you have just a parking lot or a parking structure so parking can be can be complicated when you when you have an urban environment and, and it has to be addressed a lot of different ways. So we're, we're actively looking at that. We always have for quite some time. At some point in time, I would anticipate that downtown would have all some type of paid parking uh, in, in different areas, at that, but that's what you see in most cities, it's our size and growing like we are. And we have just a few minutes left, uh, so maybe we can cover the final two uh, areas for development. Uh, one's asking about the old bank building, uh, and, and that looks like they're doing something right now. Uh, I mean, they have, they do charge for parking now. Oh, the old bank, the, the Bank of America bank building. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. The, there were plans for redevelopment. We're, we, the owner of that we were engaged with as far as their plans for, for redevelopment right now. We're, we need to get through the the economic issues that we're having uh, nationally right now and getting banks back to back to lending because that's a difficulty in all development right now but there are plans to address that uh, that area okay and then the other one where the city has property uh, which is the fire department's uh, current office the police department and things of that the old police department keystone development or broad street development down Mm -hmm. there yeah that's that's we're we're very actively uh, discussing that as far as the uh the, the financing and, and the plans on that probably in the next, I would say, in the next three to four weeks, that will come back to council and, and have some decisions made on, on that development. The, the developers are are uh, pursuing that very actively right now, and, and it's, a, it's a very positive development. I don't know if people have seen the drawings, but it, it will change uh, the landscape of downtown and Broad Street 
to to uh, a great positive degree um, if we can get that underway. And then uh, one person was asking about the development of the creek and also the development of improvements at Cannonsburg. Right, the creek, uh, daylighting the creek right across the street from that uh, goes hand in hand with that project uh, because it's a it would be an excellent amenity for that type of size of, of mixed use development over there. And we're, we are um, buying properties now and, and changing those properties, and we have our plans or continue to develop our plans for for daylighting that creek. That'll be a, a substantial improvement on uh, Broad Street just off downtown. And on that note, we're going to say a special thank you to Murfreesboro City Manager Craig Tyndall for joining us this morning. Craig, thanks again. It's my pleasure. Hey, have a super rest of the day. Stay with us. Chip is next right here.